Your sweet is ready. Girl, we are here. All we hear is Radio Gaga, Radio Google, Radio Gaga. All we hear, Radio. Hey guys. No, 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 no. You did not prepare me for this. You're welcome. <laughs> what had happened was I had finally saw Bohemian Rhapsody. Really? And was it really great? It revived my love for Queen. Was it really great? It was awesome. I haven't watched it. I need to watch it. And Rami Malik. He did amazing. I heard. Hey guys. Welcome back to the Urban Sweet Talk. It's me, Tiny D, a.k.a. I am Queen T, a.k.a. I am a real nigga. I got my Marla. Lady M417 on Instagram, never on Twitter. Hey, y'all. Um, yeah, I don't know. I forgot how much I loved Queen, especially Under Pressure with Bowie, Under with pressure. David Bowie. I love that song. Listen. I love Queen on a regular day. Listen. On I was like, damn, day. you know what? This is where Frank Ocean got the idea of giving us like three for one songs. Yes. Because you would start at an opera with I've Queen. I've seen a little silhouette of a man. start at an opera, transition over to a rock show, and then end up in a ballad. In a ballad. Love it. Just all types of emotions. So my Oreo was really pronounced uh, these past few days. I've been obsessed. Like, you know how I get. When I watch something, I get obsessed. And then I'll, suddenly I'm involved in all the characters' lives. Don't we all? I'll be like, oh, he got two children? Rami Malik is a twin? His twin cute. You seen it? No, I didn't even Child, know he was a twin. Child, yes. But you, you've been obsessed with him already because you've been watching Mr. Mr. Robot. Hello, and it's back. And it's back. The new season started this week, uh, I think. Hey, any guys, Mr. Robot fans any out blurs. there? Any blurs out there? Hit me up. On the Twitter machine at I am Queen T. I am Q W E E N T E E. Same thing on Instagram. Don't okay. be creepy. Speaking of Instagram, what dark mode finally? It's spooky season. Yes, spooky season everywhere. Yes, Apple and Instagram and pretty much every other streaming service has gotten on one accord and was like, we're gonna give your retinas a break. And we're going to allow you to have dark mode. Yes. And if you don't have your phone in dark mode, it's something wrong with you. Something very wrong with you. Because first of all, I keep the dim on my phone very low. As do I. It's, it's just easier on the eyes. But like now with the black. It's just, it, it fits my mood so well. It does. Now I feel like I need to go back and replace all of my pictures. Because now there's too much white on my pictures. The bougetto that I have created? I'm going to have to go back and fix everything. We're just going to have to make it make sense. But other than that, how has your week been? My week has been delightful. I have just been trying to be as focused as I can. And I think you've been doing a pretty good job. Man, I yeah, just trying to get shit done. I saw my mom. Hey, mom. Oh, yeah. I had a very eventful weekend, though. Side note, guys. Story time. Um, So, it was my nephew's 10th birthday. And no. I know. You're so fucking I old. watched him come out of my sister's vagina. I didn't want to. And I wasn't ready. And neither were any other doctors and nurses in the room. But... It had to be one of the nurses like, hey, you need to take pictures and stuff. I'm like, oh, 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 yeah. I was not prepared. But this little sucker is 10 years old. And unfortunately, on my sister's commute to the party, apparently, let me tell you. one. Okay, so I got a major lesson out of this situation. Yes. Because um, 
what happened was her truck um, basically was catching fire. And unbeknownst to her or anyone else in the vehicle, until she was at a stoplight and people were like honking their horns, basically about to drag them out of that car, like, get out of the car. Like, I was smoking, smoking. And I imagine it has to be so, like, strange because you know how you smell something? Like, my dumbass will turn the radio down so I can smell better. But you know, you smell something in the car, you can't tell if it's your car. Or the next car. Mm-hmm. Especially down here in Miami. Because yeah. people don't clean their exhaust pipes and anything You don't like know. That. So I can understand some confusion of like, is it my car? Yeah. Is it the car next to me at the stoplight? And um, yeah, people practically were screaming at her. And there was a woman who, the only person I remember this woman's name was uh, ironically my nephew. So the 10 year old was the only one that was like, oh, her name was Jessica. She had followed them for a substantial amount of time trying to get my sister's attention to get out the car to get out of the car wow because she was like I wasn't going to leave cuz I was so afraid that any moment the car was going to explode cuz it was already catching fire was it in the engine yeah yeah so it was already catching fire and she didn't really know until it was kind of too late and um thank god you know like just blessings yeah um that my sister and my two nephew and niece, they are safe. They were a little shaken up, but they're safe. And let me tell you what my nephew said. Uh, TT, um, we still go to the skating ring, right? <laughs> Priorities. And I was like, wow. Priorities. Wow. <laughs> and, um, you know, I know it's very bittersweet for my sister because she still wanted to go to the party because people were there, things yeah. like that. But um, I'm just so grateful that it worked out. And what I learned in this situation was I need to have my antennas up. You know how you maybe look down at a song yeah. or when you get to a red light, you like, let me answer that text and your yeah. eyes are down and you don't know if people are trying to get your attention. Mm-hmm. You're kind of just blind. Yeah. And I, and so for that, I was like, maybe I need to be more aware, more alert when I'm driving. If I have to put my phone down in the console, that's just what it's going to be. I mean, I said that too, because especially since I like to be, you know, I don't ride with my windows down, AC always. And I blast music in my car. When I'm driving most of the time. So, so a lot of times if you're honking at me or something like that, I probably won't hear you because my music is so loud in the car. But yeah, I definitely agree. Oh, he's cute. I told you. I definitely agree. You should definitely try to be more aware of your surroundings. Um, when, not only when you're driving, like yesterday I was leaving work and I'm pulling out, um, I'm trying to pull out of the, the parking lot. And usually when, you know, you leaving work, you just ready to go. To go. And someone told me, Marla, don't. Don't gas out of the parking spot. I mean, you should use caution when you're in a parking lot anyway. No, for sure. This young lady who was there for orientation, I was in a corporate office. She's walking literally into the path of my car mm. in the par- while it's in the parking space. She's down in her phone, like has no idea what's going on. Now, if I was not paying attention... Bro. And she's already not paying attention. Her little ass would have gotten flown about 15 And that's not to really make it other people's problem because it's really like I notice it in myself. Yeah. Like, I notice sometimes when I'm not as alert. And I notice that some time has passed. I've been scrolling or doing something on my phone or texting. And I haven't paid attention to my surroundings in like five to ten minutes. Yeah. Um, but just, just everybody, I just want to tell y'all just to be a little bit more alert when you're driving, when you're out and about with other humans because people are fucking dangerous. Um, so yeah, take care of yourself guys. Um, Marla, how was your week? Um, my week was pretty okay. It's kind of, it was kind of busy. Um, we had a death in, not in our family, well in our family because you know how some friends, they're so close. Condolences from Thank you. Urban Sweet Talk. Thank you. Um, we had a very close friend of our family passed away. So we of course went to go 
support the family and pay our respects and stuff like that. And something I completely forgot, Haitian funerals is an entire day situation. And usually usually I I kind of pop in and pop out because Mm -hmm. me and funerals don't really, you know, unless I absolutely have to be there, I try not to be. And they did the viewing they did the viewing of the body prior to the ceremony. So here's the thing. So Friday night, um, we were out all night, you and I. Oh. Till about four I got home what, four, four thirty in the morning? That was disgusting and I will talk about it later. <laughs> and if they are listening to this show Which they are. You guys owe us plenty ass whoopings. Go ahead, Mom. Nah, Ricky me. redeemed himself though. Ricky? I guess. I said Ricky redeemed himself. Ricky and Chris. We're not gonna do that to Chris. And we're not gonna do it to Chris. But um I think I forgave Ben too. We'll talk about that. But yeah. I didn't get home until four o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Fell asleep for like an hour and woke up at seven to get ready to go to the funeral. The funeral started at nine. Mm. Got there at nine. Fun- viewing funeral. Haitians don't ever know to stop preaching. Like somebody literally had to go tap the pastor on the shoulder and be like, bitch, we got to go. Yeah. Cause you know, the cemeteries charge you extra if, cause they tell you, you have a time that you yeah, are supposed absolutely. to show up. And if you show up late, especially down here in South Florida, these cemeteries be backed up. If you back up the cemetery, they're going to overcharge you. So somebody had to go right to pass a little no, Hey bro, we got to get off. You got to get off the stage. Went to the cemetery. It was hotter than hot outside. Mm. Came back to the little to the little reception or whatever. And of course, you're seeing old friends. In fact, it wasn't. It was almost five o'clock by the time I made it home. So zombie, you are a zombie. Zombie all day Saturday, and then had to make a trip to the airport because my daddy came back from his little vacay. But um, yeah, you know he's still celebrating his birthday apparently. Oh damn! Oh damn! But other than that, it's been it's been a. It's been a pretty good week. I'm still on this like really great vibe that I've been on for the last month or so. Like, I don't know. I don't know how to explain. It's just things have just been really great. And I'm trying to keep myself at that elevation. Enjoy it. Enjoy yeah, I'm trying to enjoy it as much as possible. And I'm trying to elevate it. Speaking of, Ty and I are going to tell y'all how washed we are. But before we get to that, <laughs> we have to, absolutely have to, because we were speaking about a funeral. We yes. absolutely have to say our condolences and rest in peace to, our condolences to her family and rest in peace to the queen, the icon, yes. Miss Diane Carroll. If you are not familiar, do your Googles. Um, you know, I feel like... The internet has done a poor job at, at giving us those classic movies back. Yeah. Um, and I know that it, the the formatting and stuff may be different, but I and feel like... And it could like, be also the studios, too, not releasing that information. I feel like there's a gap. But you know what? Need. I'm glad you said that because somebody actually brought up that conversation that the passing of Diane Carroll made us realize that a lot of our black, our classic black television, mm-hmm. not just the movies, our television is not represented in this age of Netflix and Hulu and such like that. Like, why isn't a different world streaming? Why isn't the, well, I mean, the Cosby show streaming. Why is it out all night? Was it out all night or up all night? I am The Patti LaBelle show where Dwayne Martin was her son. Oh, why? Why? Why isn't that show streaming? Why is it like... Bring back UPN's lineup. (laughs) Bring back UPN's lineup. Give us our shows back, except for, um... 
Brothers homeboys are not, not a, homeboys are not a space. You can keep that shit right there. But everything else, Family Matters is not streaming. Like none of these shows are streaming. Like I would assume. Uh, now, it's case fresh, in point, is Fresh Disney, Prince streaming? Fresh Prince is not streaming either because he's selling the Bel Air. He's selling now. the because he owns the brand. He owns the branding behind it. Because he's smart. he's smart, so he's selling limited merchandise off Bel Air stuff. But he owns the branding. But and ABC I want it. Owns the show. I want it. So on. you know. Diane Carroll, but back to her, yes. you know, rest in peace. She was the first black woman on to have her own television show. Yeah. Um, she was a lot of people knows her as Whitley Gilbert's mom on A Different World. Yes. She sure. was in Dynasty. She was on later in life, she was on what's the name of the show? White Collar, which is on USA, which was a mm-hmm. pretty good show. She has always been a classy bitch and she has always been the queen of shade in every Let me tell single you. Every single thing that she's done. You're caviar. Caviar. I I don't know what you're doing with that gray value. (laughs) Caviar you got over there. But I love to. I thought, you know what? Her and uh, Felicia Rashad, they just exude this elegance and grace that I only aspire to have. Yeah, Diane um, Carroll is who I aspire to be as a child. When I was growing up and watching her as Whitley's mom, always had a fur. Always had her nails done. Them, them shoulder pads. Pantyhose. Pantyhose was on point. Hair was always laid. Quaffed. Quaffed. And then she always delivered a nice dose of shade with all of that elegance that she was exuding. Don't break a sweat. Didn't break a sweat. So rest in peace um, to our dear and late Diane, Diane Carroll. Um, and let's go into a lighter note. And let's get into some good black ass news. Okay, so good black ass news. Speaking of Diane Carroll, she was honored this past weekend, even though she um, sadly passed away. But she was supposed to be at the grand opening of Tyler Perry's movie studio. First and foremost, Tyler, we understand our invite may have gotten lost in the mail because you had all that stuff going on over the weekend in Atlanta. But that's okay. We forgive you because we finna come down there. We finna go check some shit out. But um, Diane Carroll was honored over the weekend by by Tyler Perry because she has a soundstage named after her, as does Will Smith, as does Oprah Winfrey, as does Whoopi Goldberg, as does Harry Belafonte, Sidney Poitier, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, this movie studio that Tyler Perry, number one, outright owns, first and foremost, he owns it. No investors, no nothing. It's his. He outright owns it. I don't care what you thought about What you thought about Medea. That bodysuit, what you think he's doing to black culture, whatever the fuck you, you think it is that he is doing, he is showing you who he is and what he is about. And you have to be a hater. You, if you are a, Listen, if you have anything negative to say about this, something is wrong with your If ass. you don't understand how big this is for black culture. One of the biggest in the country. No, no, it's not one of the biggest. It's the biggest. It's bigger is than it? Disney, Paramount. It's bigger than Disney, Paramount. The three major studios that are the biggest, it's bigger than all three of them combined. And I've been to Paramount. It's bigger than all three of them combined. Meaning you could put all three of them on his lot and he still has space. He could still build a whole Liberty City if he wanted to. 
Shout out to and Mr. beyond. Tyler Perry. This is this is a huge, huge, huge deal. He's had he had the who's who's of Black Hollywood out there, including and then the Clintons, but whatever. I love that that just okay. First of all, let me just back up and see the backdrop with the roses. Yes. The roses against dark skin was just so the beautiful. I was like, oh my god, the purple carpet. Are we family, Dad? Do y'all <laughs> like, know what the like, wow. do you know what the the color purple is? It signifies royalty. Mm-hmm. I don't know if y'all know the subtleties that he added in there. It signifies royalty. Mm-hmm. So while the beige people got their little red carpet. He rolled out the purple carpet and he let every black person know as they walk through that carpet that you are royalty. And not sure. only did he do that, he also has his own walk of fame um, on there. So he every does. every person who's ever held any type of part in any of anything that he's done has their own star I've seen the one on with his walk Keisha of fame. Knight pulled, yeah, and pulled they you. and these people had no problem laying down on this ground and in next, their gowns, in their gowns, in all of their finery. It was beautiful. Um, like you know there's still pictures and videos coming out um but it was such a beautiful thing to see all of this over I, the weekend I love unfold black over the black. weekend um but yes Tyler Perry congrats oh my god congratulations congratulations again he owns it it's his outright. also one more thing y'all niggas hiring he is. He's also saying that he is trying to what he's also going to do with the studio is he is going to focus on um, providing jobs and security for at-risk youth, right. as well as women, right? Black women. Right. So, um, <clears throat> for everybody that had a, a thread, um, a think piece, it's like just trash them. Just let people enjoy things. Let people enjoy things because this is something historic that has never happened. It's never happened in the in our history, history of niggerdom. Or ever. It just never happened This before. is a man who was sleeping in his car while his very popular Medea plays were on stage entering the country. This man was sleeping in his car. And he chose to sleep in his car because he wanted to make sure that his actors were getting paid. Right. He did a lot of stuff. No matter what you think about the Medea plays, no matter what you think about the movies, no matter how you feel about this bitch getting on, finding her way on that boat at the end of what you call it. Tyler. <laughs> Maybe in the back of that lot, one of those stage, one of those studios, there need to be something playing that lets us know how the fuck she got on that goddamn boat. That's all we asking. That's all we want to know. But the the entire structure of it, and then just the, I think I'm not sure who was able to film in there, but you know, nobody. There are some. There's videos of the lot. There's yeah, he's videos. releasing. He's been releasing yeah. periodically, like official photographs and official videos and stuff like that. That's the other thing. There was no social media postings of this. It was all, it was all this was official press, and it was beautiful. And all you've heard is word of mouth of how wonderful it is. Down to the the grand opening, people talking about walking around the different lots. Mm-hmm. He has a full, complete replica of the White House on the lot because he has a new show all coming out. All of the out. houses are up to code, they're so they're livable to- as fuck. Yes, they are. So yeah. he's also. Um, he did the Sunday brunch, which everybody talked about. And they said T.D. Jakes delivered a hell of a sermon as well. I mean, he had the pop, he had the, the choir singing um, from... He got the church from... Kanye West Church? No, ma'am. The the choir to sing um, the song from The Color Purple. God is trying to tell you something. Mm. Because he got the entire church on that fucking lot. I'm just saying. 
th- there's something wrong with you if you find if you find any fault with that. No matter what you think about him personally, and people and I like it's like I do understand it, but it's like time and a place for everything because I don't feel like this is a time. Where people are like, well, capitalism is still capitalism. The same way that y'all react to Jay-Z every time he breathes um, or make any business decision, niggas jump all over it. And again, I'm going to bring this I'm gonna bring this right back around to several episodes ago and just say that what the fuck are you doing? You're worried about Tyler. You have a thread. You're sitting at your cubicle typing out your feelings about Tyler Perry. What are you doing to establish... Um, generational wealth for yourself your family you're not just let that man do what he's doing he's creating jobs opportunities careers for not just himself and i his mean family, just but for everyone what is wrong with everyone you? that he's taken with him on his journey let black people benefited. black let, 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 listen it was beautiful it was black excellence to the highest degree um speaking of black excellence uh-huh. uh and royalty mm-hmm. jason weaver a king a king King! An iconic king. An iconic king. So if you don't know, Jason Weaver was the singing voice of the of Simba in the original animated Lion King that came out all the way back when, what, 95? Oh, I just 96. Okay. Can't wait. Jason Weaver and I, I think, are about the same age. If not, he's a little bit older. So we're about the same age, right? But his lips are 62. Shut up. Anyway, don't do this. <laughs> he still has his voice. So when they were negotiating his contract for the Lion King. Disney offered him $2 million for that part. Jason renegotiated mm. and got $100,000 and lifetime royalties off of the Lion King. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you know, there was a Lion King remake that was just done. Oh, I just can't wait to be rich. There's been two spinoffs off of that, off of that movie. Two, two, two sequels. Yeah, what? there's been. There, wasn't there one and a half? There was a one and a half, and then there was the two. Let me tell you, Disney is some sneaky bitches. Just sneaky a, bitches. Just a movie and a half. But Jason is very smart, and his mama is very smart because his mama was in the music industry at that time, and she was like, "No, you gonna get. We'll take this one one hundred k now, but we mm-hmm. gonna get these lifetime royalties, which means Jason is still getting checks to this day." Smart man, man. Very smart man. Smart man. Renegotiate. Renegotiate. So it teaches you a lesson of to not just see what's in front of you, but also think long term. Because a lot of people are not thinking long term. Everybody wants this whole get rich quick, you know, get to the top, this popular, this Insta fame, so you will. But no one's thinking about what's going to happen five years down the line when your booty starts sagging and your boobs start sagging and you ain't got no voice no more. Well... Work on yourself, people. Work Anywho, also great black ass news. Simone Biles just became Tough. the most decorated gymnast in the history of gymnastics after winning, I believe, her twenty first medal in Germany this past week. First of all, man, I don't. I'm not sure of the name of the trick that she does her her ending trick, but. Basically, they're calling it Biles. Yeah, they've named two new signature tricks after her. Excuse, and then it's <laughs> it's so amazing to, and she's twenty two, only twenty two. She ain't done yet. She's twenty two. She has her whole life to fuck up, but she's just doing amazing things thus far. But not only that, it even Setting started records. a conversation of they're saying that they may try to penalize her because she's so damn good. It's hard for other people to compete against her. 
like it's getting to that point. So they're trying to come up with like new rules and regulations because they're saying that her skill set is so it surpasses everyone else that's competing against her that it's like it's it's unfair at this point. Mm, it is unfair. It is unfair. White bitches. But I just need y'all to fucking understand. Black girl magic, it's fucking real. <sighs> I don't know why y'all think it's not. Sometimes I'm like, how are we even enslaved? <laughs> like we were just I don't know. How I don't know. And our last piece of good black ass news. I mean, <clears throat> wait, I have really, one though. Yeah. Well, my last piece of good black ass mm-hmm. news. Montgomery, Alabama. What they did? Birthplace of the civil rights movement. Mm-hmm. Who has been established for over two hundred years? Speak on it. Just this week. Recently. Just this week, as in two days ago. Okay. Elected their first black mayor. This week. Stephen Reed is his name. This week. Two days ago. Alabama's been around for approximately 300,000 years. And I don't understand this being an actual thing. And y'all know how I feel about the whole first black shit. Um, and, and I can't tell if this is good black ass. That's why I said I'm not sure if it is. Uh, yeah. That's... I mean, it's good for Stephen Reed. Congratulations. But... I mean... Over 200 years? Okay. This is the birthplace of the civil rights movement. Right. I mean, I guess. I guess. Um, well, my uh, piece of the Black Ass News is to one Moses West of San Antonio, Texas. And he basically designed machines that makes water from the air. I heard about him. Yes. So, um, he actually has them in a few locations from like Flint, Puerto Rico. That's awesome. Um, San Antonio. So he has it in a few places. And so far it's, it's been thriving. It's been working. This is a black man that just just, was like, Hmm, how about we try air? Can we just acknowledge how trash this fucking country (laughs) is? Just that private citizens, Fuck it, we'll do it. <laughs> Mr. Moses and Jaden Smith are putting water treatment centers, water like. water um, machines in Flint, Michigan, but the fucking U.S. government ain't doing shit. They're like, Phone what shot. water? Water? I don't know. What water? No. So it's just like, yeah, like black people typically have to do. We have to step in and say, fuck it, we'll do it. We'll do it. That is the quote of black people generally. Fuck it, we'll do it. Um, because it does get to a point where it's like, you do have to take, when I, when I was just saying that, what are you doing? And this man, you know, put his money where his mouth was and he tried to figure out a way and he succeeded and he was able to help the communities of those areas of Puerto Rico, of Flint, Michigan and Texas and, and different areas. And he was actually able to make an impact just by using his resources, trying to figure out a solution to this problem because clearly... This country ain't give a damn about these solutions. What the fuck? There are plenty of places in this same country that water is as brown as Antonio. Ma'am. I'm just saying. If you have any good black ass news or your good black ass <laughs> news or you think we missed a piece of good black ass news, hit us up at Urban Sweet Talk Podcast at gmail.com. Hit us up on all of our socials, Urban Sweet Talk Podcast. You can hit us up personally. Do not be fucking stupid. Okay. Lady M417 for me. I'm on Instagram. I am Queen T for Miss Tanya D. She's on everything else mm-hmm. that I'm not on. Um, and we'll be sure to add it on to our next show. For sure. Now we get to go to the trash can. Aren't you I love excited? it. You know, every time we get to this section of the show, oh, Lord. I think about that episode of SpongeBob when they curse 
Ma'am. And they read the cuss words on the dumpster. Mm-hmm. That's where we are right now. Just the cuss words on the dumpster. But um, things have been happening a in lot. the world, in the community. And we'll get to power in a second. But I feel like let's talk about this Amber Geiger thing because I feel like everybody has this, especially because of the developing news. Yeah. That's, that's, that's and we kind of recorded a little bit early last week. When yeah. So, shout out to Whiskey. Thank you for coming out. Um, we we recorded a little bit earlier than usual. So, we recorded literally right when the verdict had just been read. Um, j- just barely. Just barely. Yeah. Like, I don't even think they was out the courtroom and we hit record. So... Um, and while we were happy, we were happy that she was found guilty. Right. Um, we had a hold up moment mm-hmm. right after the next day when the sentencing mm-hmm. was done and bitch only got 10 years. Correct. Which she only has to serve a minimum of five years. Correct. Before she's eligible for parole. And, um, which was, that was one thing. And then all of the hug fest that happened in the courtroom after the sentencing happened, was a whole nother situation. Now, a lot of people were very angry with um, Botham John's brother, who said that he forgave Amber, and he did not want to see her go to prison, and got up and he hugged her. Now, we all, on the outside looking in, can be like, oh, fuck that, I would never do whatever, whatever. And I was that person. Because I'm like, fuck that bitch, I'm not going to hug her, I'm not going to do it. Because there are so many different ramifications and so many layers to this trial that I felt like... If you was going to forgive her, forgive her ass in private. But then I had to take a step back and do my own reflection and realize I'm not Botham Jones' brother. I did, God forbid, I did not lose my brother. And I cannot tell someone in their grieving process how to react, how to, how to act, or how to process whatever they have to process to get through what they need to get through this trauma, which of course it was. So... The brother not notwithstanding, I can't speak on that because, again, he's grieving. He lost a family member. He lost a loved one. I can't tell him how to get through this trauma. Now, that judge, that judge hmm. who hmm. came up off the bench hmm. to hug her and then, on top of that, gave her her Bible, hmm. was showing her a passage, and then had the audacity to be like, oh, I felt that I had to do that. As a judge... You know, this whole thing doesn't sit right with my spirit. It don't sit right with me From neither. Beginning of to the end. It, okay, so right, <clears throat> like I said, we think that this is following the protocol we march for and we yell for. It's not right because when these police officers are killing these black boys and b- girls and women and men on the street. And we march and we just want them to be held accountable for whatever they did. Yeah. And then they get off or they're on administrative leave. Or technicalities, or not enough evidence. They're or not charged whatever. at all. They go right back to their fucking jobs. Death jobs, yeah. So, so, in this case, we clearly see a situation where this man is clearly the victim in his own home. Minding his own black ass business. Correct. And her, acting as a civilian at the time, killed this man. Okay, the accountability is is made. She goes to jail. She's charged. Mm -hmm. And then they leave the sentencing up to the jurors. To which they had, what, what, five black people on this Mm -hmm. this jury? Yes. So 
we're thinking, oh shit, and I was thinking that too. You can listen to the last episode. I'm like, oh, the black judge, and she, you know, she gonna get it together, and like, oh girl, did she just let me the fuck down? So I'm sitting there, I'm, I'm watching all of this happening, and I'm watching her get the ten years, and I'm watching all of the reactions. And like I said, from the bailiff playing with her goddamn hair to the brother hugging. Now, like you said about the grieving process and things mm-hmm. like that. Like, no, we can't tell people how to grieve. But we can say that as long as black people keep our arms wide ass open, open for people, people who have consistently, historically treated us like shit, beneath less, shit, less, whatever is under shit. Less than the animals that are... In their homes. Three-fourths human. Three-fifths human. Or whatever the fraction they came up with. So that they could not treat us civil and like regular people. And consistently, over time, they just keep showing us who they are. And we keep opening our arms. Now, I can't tell if Christianity is helping. I don't know if this is helping black people right now. Because it keeps black people docile. When has Christianity ever helped black people? The only time, the only thing that I say that Christianity helps black people is because our lives were so fucking horrible. We had to believe that there had to be a better place than this. We had to believe that there was reasoning for us suffering. So it aligned with what the Bible was saying. So there's this after place you can go to. Yeah, this life is horrible. It's just like all of the slaves that would rather drown in the fucking ocean Mm -hmm. than to be enslaved. It's the same thing. So it's like. Those people refuse to be enslaved to the yeah. point where they will die. We don't feel like that anymore. And because we don't have our spirituality we originally had, mm-hmm. they gave us this shit that keeps us docile. Mm-hmm. And so we're docile. We have to be friendly. All black people have to be friendly. And that's what I loved about Diane Carroll, just to loop that back around, is she spoke to the, the fact that she loves playing a character because black people are almost... You have to be nice. Always. Because you're black, you have to overcompensate for to be nice. Just because be people already see you as a threat. Light. Just to be somewhat like People already see you as a threat. So yep. you got to go above and beyond. Same thing with tipping. Black people will over tip so that they don't look like they're cheap. Mm-hmm. We have to overcompensate. We pay for shit we don't. We can't afford you over just we just overdo it to all these fair belts and Gucci shoes that y'all can't but afford. To, but to bring it back around like Dan, Diane Carroll was saying, she loves playing that character. She loves playing that bitch because we don't have to be nice. Mm-mm. We don't have to be these docile people. And so when we when we open our arms, it's just like after the Charleston thing and all of the the family members and friends and church members Got in a kumbaya circle and was like, we forgive him. And Fuck I was that like, shit. what kind of, I just, not to say you need to hate people, but you also don't need to open your arms to let people shoot you in your fucking chest. I don't understand our constant need to hold on to these people that have consistently hurt us. And, and then you have a judge. Now, I will say I fell victim to the media, the way they spin things, not to say that she didn't do that thing. She definitely got off her, her the stand she did. to go hug them. But she did hug um, both of them's family first. She did. Which they didn't show at all. But she also double backed and said that she felt she had to hug her. Whatever and her And she doesn't understand. Were. And she also said that she doesn't know why everyone's so upset. 
And I'm and because I'm like, you don't give these black boys the same courtesy and compassion. You, don't you send them to their fucking death. And you don't feel a fucking thing. You don't feel the urge to hug them. Why is it when you see a white woman crying, you feel the urge to go, you know, comfort them? I don't understand that type of shit. You know so, what's funny? So I watched... It clips. all rubs me wrong. I watched a clip of The View where they talked about this very situation. And it was, it was so... And this is in the height of my anger. It was so staggering to have Joy Behar, an old Italian woman, be the one on that entire panel where there are two women of color, be the one to say, have you ever seen a white victim's family right. hug and forgive a black Correct. suspect? And Whoopi jumped on it and was like, oh yes, it's happened plenty of times. And Joy was like, oh, tell me when. Give mm-hmm. me examples. Because don't, I guarantee you if it was don't a white... Tell me plenty. Yeah. And she was like, oh, there's been plenty. And Whoopi could not give her anything. And Joy was steadfast about it. Joy was like, you would never see a white family get up and go... Not even hug. They wouldn't even say, I forgive you if you killed their family member. So, she, so even Joy was like, why would you even do that shit? It's okay if you forget. Like, if you choose to forgive, you choose to forgive. But what message are you sending? Because, like I said, there's so many layers even to it. Even if you say you forgive, that's fine. That's fine. That's on you, um, both of them, Jean's brother. That's on you if you want, you choose. One thing I also want to point out is how there is no unity in the black family. Because that shit would have never fucking got out. Well, he said it was only him. And he said that he didn't even speak to his family about it. And One I'm like, band... Bro. One sound, my nigga. One band, one sound. Now, one of us, we have to make a group. Nigga, pinky swear, because I take those shit seriously. None of us are are doing doing any of that. We are one family, and we are going to act in accord as one family. Whether we agree or not, we'll disagree in private. Correct. But in public... We this are is one. what we're doing. We are one. We are one unit in public. Not, okay, I feel like this. And then if the media speak to this other family member, okay, I feel like this. Like, no, we are one band, one motherfucking sound. So, um, him kind of like, to me, Deviating, if, yeah. it feel like he kind of went rogue. Because if you're telling me that's not what your family, they don't know or they, they don't feel no this way, feel the same way. Then why are we not on the same accord? Because guess what? When white people family get on that stand, they go coach. They get in the huddle and be like, all right, so this is what we're going to say. <laughs> this is what we're going to do. We're going to be one front, one united front. And I just don't, I hate that black people can't do it. Even in a case where we needed them to. And then the mom to come back out and kind of like, yeah, well, this is kind of not what we expected. You know what I'm saying? And and for, she understands the idea of forgiveness because they're Christians and so on and so forth. And they seem to be very much into the church. And to be honest, both of them do very well. We may not, we weren't in the court. And I feel like just the testimonies of his character yeah. made the court in general believe that forgiveness was the possibility. That was the thing. Because of how people described him to be. They weren't even paying attention to her. She had already done the deed. Yeah. They're saying who he was. Well, they so were, they I were good understand. at that into what it is but again it was and, and there's been so much other stuff going out we have to say rest in peace to joshua brown because he was a key witness in the trial he i need was, some more wine he was their neighbor um and he was shot and killed over the weekend um in his 
in his apartment complex. In the in the parking lot, was it? Leaving his apartment or some shit like that? And the Dallas PD has come out with all of these stories that I don't believe. They're saying that they have two suspects in custody. They're saying that the suspects drove from Louisiana just to buy weed from this Four man. hours. Four hours from Louisiana. That's from Orlando to Miami if you're in First South Florida. First of all, Florida, there's Gorilla Glue four hours where you at, okay? There's OG, there's Kush, there's Perp. You know what I'm saying? There's all that stuff already where the fuck you're at. You're trying to tell me. Again, I feel like I'm pissed because they're playing with my intelligence. And they're playing with the intelligence of the public. Of everybody. Because who the fuck? First of all, he doesn't have a history at all. Right? At all. So. Friend, let me pour your drink because you're about to break this bottle. This is a big ass bottle of wine. How much wine do you need? I feel judgment. Bruh, and I, I know you're drinking this by yourself. Just put a little scoop in here. Damn, give me a little, a little drop. They're playing with our intelligence. Okay, so yeah, I feel like they're playing with our intelligence because again, we're seeing a story where when we heard it the first fucking time with Amber and Botham, that shit didn't sit right with us. Like, what you, right with what you mean? What you mean? You came in the wrong house. How the fuck you coming? To, you knock on your door to it's come not, to your house. It's not adding up. And then once again, we have the same situation within the same fucking storyline of the same complex. motherfucker who was on the stand. You know what I'm saying? And testifying to what he witnessed and what he understood and who he, who this person was, which helped get the guilty verdict. And then why the fuck would this nigga go? You know. I just gonna have like hella weed in the crib, five thousand, and they're basically explaining this to be a botched drug deal going wrong. Four hours away, and they say, "Oh wait, let's leave the drugs and the money, and let's get the fuck out of here." How about that? So y'all drove four hours for nothing. So you left without the weed. It's just okay. You're playing with the people's intelligence and. I don't know how we need to team up like a fucking Power Ranger and climb on top of each other and beat these Power niggas' asses. Ranger. Yeah. You know how they used to just... Um, oh, all the Triceratops in them? Yeah. Uh, okay. And that we, makes sense. We need to do that shit. Okay. And so we can beat their ass. Because clearly, they don't take us fucking serious. They don't. And they definitely are playing with our intelligence with this story. But again, rest in peace to Joshua Brown. That is so fucking sad to even hear about yes because when i heard about it i kind of didn't feed into it because i didn't know if it was real or not because you know how the internet works so i kind of wait until a credible source says that thing and that's my new thing i don't just run with it if i don't see a credible source exactly if i click on a link and it's some random place i ain't never heard of rickety schnick ass stuff i'm not going to um, make any opinion about that but again rest in peace to that young man because that is just insane all right so let's jump out of that because my blood pressure is rose up um jt is out of prison i don't know if y'all care it's a real ass bitch i mean i don't know that don't give a fuck about it is it still city girl summer is it over is it fall now well let me tell you Young Miami got pregnant, so she left y'all hoes behind. So I don't know what y'all trying to do. She really wasn't the one we were there for anyway. Very true. But JT is out of prison. I'm welcome home. Welcome. Um, I'm pretty sure you're going to do great things because Young Miami did hold it down all intents and purposes. You served your time. You've done your due diligence. Now I hope you're very smart about how you move moving forward. XYZ. On to... Um, wait, wait. What? Did you listen to... No. On to, do I have to? It's not bad. Do I have to do homework? Look, just, it's not bad. I can't listen to the City Girls. Like, I appreciate them. Well, I think you you think of City Girls as Young Miami because of her Miami 
kind of uh, not just her, accent. Just, I'm talking about before JT went away. I was not listening to them actively. But I think like, JT I understand. Is solid. I think I think JT's not bad. But um, Young Miami's voice annoys me. But I'll listen Man to it. Bitch. Maybe I listen to it in the car. But um, I'm not an active City Girl listener. It's just I appreciate what they're doing, and of course they're from the crib, so I want them to excel. But I mean, I, I came through the Trina era, and I feel mm. like that's just. This is just like a remixed version of the Trina era. I got you. For the, for the new millennials. Yeah, so, but I'm glad that she is home. She served her time. She did her, her, her penance and, you know, she's learned from it and she's going to move on um, from it and she's going to continue to do great things. BET Hip Hop Awards happened earlier this week and let me first and foremost preface this with saying. What is I'm never watching another BET okay. ceremony ever again. All right. I try to be doing my homework. I do this for you guys. I do my best. I tried. I was home. I wasn't doing anything. Me and my niece was hanging. I was like, okay, let me see how long I could last with this. I lasted up until the Rick Ross performance and I was done. Which, by the way, was the best performance of the whole fucking night in my humble opinion. I told opinion. you. Okay. So, my analogy is that Rick Ross music sound how champagne tastes you just feel rich as fuck but you know you broke as hell you feel wealthy you let your windows down in the yes, car you feel a little breeze blowing in you put some shades on even if they scratched on the lens you put them bitches on anyway because you're rich so i love rick ross and I love he does rick ross have classics too. And T-Pain's voice as you... Oh, come on. T-Pain does not get enough credit with his live performances. He don't need auto. He don't need auto. He did it just for fun, and it just worked out for him. But um, that was the best performance of the fucking night. Um, honorable mention to Rhapsody, because she did an amazing... But it's Rhapsody is her. Rhapsody. She always does amazing. And as far as the ciphers go, the comedy cipher was the, was the best cipher to me, which is ridiculous. Yes. But they did a great job. Duval hosted... Uh, Duval, I mean, he had a few moments, but overall it wasn't ha, 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 ha the entire night for me. Um, them doing the, the, the rap bottles on stage, I feel like every year with the Hip Hop Awards, they try to do new things and they try to do different things to get people to be interested in it. And it's like, no one's really interested in it. Like, you were looking at, at, um, it's a new at some of the clips. It's like, the audience was very spotty in a lot of ways. Like, there were a lot of empty seats. You motherfuckers literally People wasn't work. there? People was not there. People literally left work and went with they with they work clothes on to the hip hop awards. Like nobody really takes this serious, and I don't know if BET can ever get people to take a hip hop award serious. I'm glad that they are acknowledging international artists now because international music has had a big impact and big influence. I mean, come on, Afrobeats is huge right now. Homie but, said, "Come back home." I'm like, nigga, you act like we voluntarily left. Exactly. We didn't just go away to college. <laughs> but I understand what he's saying because it's the same thing that Jadena has been saying. He's been saying that people should definitely, um, if they get the opportunity, try to go to the motherland and experience real authentic African I definitely culture. Do. I definitely would like to go. I'm going to talk to you about that offline. Me and Shayla will talk about Shout out to my girl, Shayla. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know if BET will ever get people to take the Hip Hop Awards serious ever again. It's like... <laughs> It's like it's like their stepchild. Like they just kind of give it a little attention. Like it's not even at a big place anymore. It's like a regular performance arts theater now. So it's like I thought it was in a portable chair. Sure, I don't do this. So it was like an afterthought project. But little Kim got the I Am Hip Hop Award, and Kim, I just, oh my god, hey. I was just like. So we had just watched the performance, like literally right before we were recording, and I noticed something. 
that Lil' Kim's do pussy is falling betwixt her legs because her crotch has gotten do your kegel, considerably bitches. low. Um, but do I think kegels. it's just, she always, like, every time I see her, it's like, I get secondhand uncomfortable because she just always looks like she's uncomfortable her body in the does, tight clothes. She's not comfortable in her body and it, at all. It, it just seems like she's so uncomfortable all the time. And yeah. it kind of makes me uncomfortable looking at her. Sometimes I'm like balling up a little bit. I feel the exact same way. Like, her clothes are so t- Look, Kim was out of breath. Like, I'm like, girl, if you ain't feel like performing, you should just tell them, let me get this award and keep it moving. Let it be a dedication. Mama let was it be a tribute. Motherfucker. But she was out of breath, was barely rapping her lyrics, and I was like, all right, girl, I'm done. Poor dancers was trying their best behind you, but I don't know what the hell was that going on. Megan Thee Stallion opened up the show, and I was looking forward to Megan's performance because I'm like, whoever opens up the show has to be hype, and Megan has had an amazing summer, especially. Um, Hot girl. Hot girl summer, and I'm like, okay, she finna bring it. The performance was black. Okay, um, sweetie... Was it black or the audience just wasn't into it as much? It was black. It was just, I don't know. It's like her rapping was not on point. Like she wasn't hyped. It's like eventually she got there. But I'm like, okay, this is just, like I get it. It was a big, I think this was her first um, award show or whatever. So at the hip, at the BT, at the main BT award, she performed in the pre-show. She didn't perform at the show itself. So this was her first time you're opening the show. I was expecting her energy to be on a hundred thousand, but it was just like Man. it eventually got like once the baby came out, then she started to hype up, and then she did her signature twerking and the you knees know why these bitches like love me exactly. But um, her performance, I I expected more. Um, sweetie, sweetie, just just. Listen, Sweetie's performance was dead to me. Nobody was really hyped up. Even Quavo, I think Quavo just wanted to make sure he got some that night, so he was obligatory. Obligatory support. Yeah. But the audience didn't kick up until Petey Pablo and Lil John came out. And then everybody was like, oh shit, and And I was like, okay, sweetie, you really lost this audience, boo. They're not here. Because the reality is when we heard the track that she was supposedly rapping on we were like oh no girl this is our song no you can't have it this frequently what you talking about we don't we don't do that over here exactly peter pablo's out of breath missing words but the crowd loved him who else did i see perform i saw anderson pack and um yb and corday did something but i had a headache um but which leads me to my next piece of situation with this show what that i am sick of bitches wearing bathing suits on stage and calling them performance costumes. I'm tired of it. I'm sick of seeing it. But what if they um like bedazzle it? No. Listen, Beyonce Ta-da. is the pioneer of this look, of the one bodysuit look. Let's start with saying that they're just wearing leotard and tights. They just they're not even wearing that tights. shit from No, Beyonce. Yeah, they did take it from Beyonce. And it's gotten Leotard and tights. It's gotten more and more exposed. Mm-hmm. as more girls do it. So, to the point, Megan's outfit was a thong, and, you know, I was like, your pussy lips about to fall out. Just just come out naked at this point. You know what I'm saying? Like, Beyonce wears a bodysuit because Beyonce, when she steps on stage, she's dancing the entire hour and two hours that she's on stage. She's moving. It's high energy. It's high It's octane. so my cousin could be aerodynamic. It's so she could be aerodynamic, and she ain't got the word. And even then, she still need that damn fan blown in her face, because she be... She be tired. Same. The rest of you bitches just be up there. Y'all twerk one or two times and that's it. Like, what it look, y'all need to come up with better... Co- like, I'm... 
listen, I know we like to say we can't continue to live in the past, but I miss the performances from back in the days because mm-hmm. people put thought into that shit. People put actual thought into their performances. They put thought into their outfits. They put thoughts into their ensembles. I'm talking not just on tour or at concerts, but I'm talking about at award shows. Like, people put real thought into these things to the point that people were, after an award show, people were talking about, oh, shit, did you see what Missy had on? Oh, shit, did you see what what so-and-so had on? Bitch, don't do that shit no more. Literally, Lil' Kim with the titty pasty. At MTV, it's still an iconic moment to this day. J-Lo's dress. Iconic. That little piece of window sheer. Madonna had on a wedding dress in 1984 for Like a Virgin and people lost their fucking minds. Never mind it wasn't an actual wedding dress. All she had on was a little tutu and a fucking piece of lingerie. But people are still talking about this shit to this day. But I think that also there's a sense of if it works, why stop doing it? Because these are presumably women with nice bodies. People like to see it. Women like to see... People like to see Megan's body, men and women... Um, not just her specific, but just women in general. Side note, her so. outfit was cute, though. I ain't gonna lie. Her little the baby first time that red, white, and blue looked good. It was cute. But everybody else, it's like, they don't put any thought into it. It's not It's not a costume. Megan made it a costume. But everybody else was just, okay, I'm just in a bathing suit and some heels. Look, I don't be stressing about none of these niggas. When they be talking, I don't even listen. But enough about the BT. Oh, wait, words. wait, wait. What? what happened? One more piece of trash. Um, <laughs> Aubrey's father is out here wilding and acting the The ghetto. He's wearing this um black exploitation mustache, you know, that he normally rock. And <laughs> he got. Let me tell you something. You this is how I know he's a motherfucking deadbeat. He didn't sat there and took up all of Aubrey's coins, opportunities, money, car, accessories, jewelry. Everything. Uh, businesses, whatever. He sat up there and soaked that shit right the fuck up, even though that nigga was not around. Um, and the fact that he called that nigga Drake to begin with. He didn't say Aubrey. He didn't say my son. Because his mama calls him Aubrey. He used that nigga's fucking rap name. And he, that's how I know you was fucking his lying. His mama calls him Aubrey. I'm like, And you bro. don't ever see his mama around. I said, bro, um, no, you definitely were a fucking deadbeat. And he basically alluded to the fact, on Nick Cannon's show, or podcast, that um, oh well dad it sells records you know if if it's assumed that he his father wasn't around the typical um, black boy story dad not around raised by your mom a single parent mom and this just wasn't the fucking case bro you just weren't around and he rapped about it and you don't like it when were you around you lived in Tennessee his entire life and Kanata. he lived in Kanata with his mama not even, like, Montreal where you could drive up the border and get there in, like, five, six hours. Like, I believe. He lived in Toronto with his mother. That nigga's like, Drake? Drake? There are stories of his mom taking him to acting auditions and negotiating things for him. There are stories of his mom. There's documentation of his mom being the one to take him around and do different things with him. You was in Tennessee. This was so shitty is that... Drake is mixed, and the one that's fucking up is the black one. And it's like, God damn it. His Jewish mama don't be in nothing. Quiet to herself, minding her business, doing little prayers, you know, praying for Drake to not get herpes and things. But his father clearly wasn't around. And it's like, maybe whether it's due to drugs, whether that's through, um, you know, whatever domestic situation him and the mom was going through, um, it, it's like... It doesn't really matter what the situation was. Now that you've gotten this notoriety that you're Drake's dad, mm-hmm. 
You're literally getting money off the fact that you're Drake's dad. At some point, you were hosting parties at some point. But now you're sitting on these people's platform like, Drake? <laughs> Acting like Soldier Boy. Like, you don't know this nigga. Like, he didn't come out your ball sack. And you're basically calling him a liar. So all this money that you've acquired and you've taken from him, you're saying he got it through lies about you? And it speaks volumes that the only thing that Drake has said about Please. this since this has come out is that he, he woke up hurt. And you know, I'm sure that, and that's all he said. And you know, Drake is petty of petty. Yeah, and you know, he usually is quick to come out with his little stuff, and he has not said anything since he's posted. That's embarrassing. That's embarrassing. And it's my parents, my nigga. Like I could have said, "Fuck you, I don't want you around," but I allowed you to come into my life to come on tour with me, redeem yourself, to try to redeem yourself, and this is what the fuck you do. Mind you, people were around Drake telling him that your dad is just here to suck up shit. He's talked about that before. Mm -hmm. He's like, "No, but that's my dad." At the end of the day, I want my dad around me. And it's it's just a fucked up situation. And it's like... We'll talk bruh. about it one day. Because sometimes... And I'm not going to say that I, I understand personally. But when people talk about all these toxic people they need to get away from... Sometimes it's your parents. Mm. Sometimes it's your siblings. Sometimes it's your friends. Sometimes it's those people that's immediately close to you. And it's like... You have to get to a point where you're like... Okay you're using me or okay this relationship isn't working out well or whatever but i know like i kind of it, it kind of makes me feel bad because it's like it does like it's been i don't know probably like 15 or more years since my god sister was killed on october 2nd like the anniversary just came by and it it kind of reminded me of the same thing it's like she had this longing for her mother her mother wasn't around my mom kind of like swooped up you know what i'm saying yeah. but um, her mom was so shitty, even up until her death, um, her mother was right there, right in the middle of the person that killed her and her daughter. Wow. And some time later, after she had passed away, the police tape was still up. She was in front of her house because she, she was killed in front of her mother's house. She was playing cards mm -hmm. in front of the house. I remember you telling that story. And it's like, to her death, she just wanted, even though her mother was so shitty yeah she still made an effort to try yeah she just because all kids have this longing for, for their, their parents parent. love i mean yeah. and so even if you don't get it like a lot of uh people who i would say rappers in this case where they grew up um poor or not having um or just with their mother you know mother and a father around they grew up with this kind of lack because her dad wasn't around. I mean, look at Offset. Offset has been very vocal like, about I the would fact prefer that, this nigga around. Where are you? Yeah, Come. like, he's been very vocal of the fact that every time he's gotten any type of inkling of where his father has been, he's run to that spot. And he's tried to throw money at his dad. He's right. like, man, I'll pay you to come hang out with me. I just want desperate. to know my dad. He's desperate for his father's affection. And his dad is going through whatever he's going through. And he's like, I can't. That's what I, but see, in this case, I feel like Drake, in this case, is the one that is longing for that connection, that love, the the acceptance, you know, especially the black part of him. And especially now that he's a father himself. Correct. Yeah. Sometimes. Don't do that. Um, they say he'd be on point with his child. We don't know what's going on there. <laughs> what the fuck is going on, but that's what they say. But... It, it was just kind of like disheartening. And I was like, damn, I do kind of feel bad for Drake. But I know we about to get some fire-ass music. Oh, yeah. We about to. And I'm ready for it. So, Arby, whenever you decide that you want to drop a little couple bars about your rag-ass daddy, I'm ready and available. Add the weekend to a couple of them hooks. It'll be perfect. 
So, guys, let's get into some topics. I know, I know, we normally get into it a little sooner, but we have stuff to talk about. But because you raggedy asses don't know how to calm down. <laughs> but wait, uh, what? Before we do that, Ty and I have to tell y'all what. Ty and I wash, y'all. We're so washed. Oh. <laughs> We'll talk about it after. Since we'll, you want to we'll, talk about it after? Yeah, to close. Um, <laughs> we're so washed. We'll, yeah, it's old. <laughs> seasoned, if you will. I like seasoned better. Um, so, uh, first topic I want to talk about is, is podcasting oversaturated or overrated? And the reason this kind of came up is because I was surfing the interwebs, as I do. And... I saw one. It was two things, right? It was two things. One of them was like, if you don't have a podcast, retweet this. <laughs> and the other was, um, and this isn't to like be a hater in any way, right? But I'm just noticing that like, in, basically, people feel like I have an opinion. I'm getting a podcast, and so now I am noticing more now than ever there is a incredible influx of new podcasts to listen to and things like that so i wanted to talk about it on a podcast because it's podcast inception nigga um you're welcome yep um but i just wanted to talk about it with you to see how you feel about it also just wanted to bring the topic up for the listeners um because they're they also listen to you know different podcasts and have their favorites and things like that no lie every single day i get on instagram there's a new podcast following me yeah every single day there's a new podcast following me and i'll be like what and again sometimes i forget we do a podcast i'm like Mm -hmm. where are these people coming from Mm -hmm. and i realize oh they saw me on the because they they typically follow our show too Mm -hmm. so how i feel about it i don't know how i feel about it i think on one end, I think people are allowed to have an opinion, um, and they're allowed to voice their opinion. Um, but on the flip side of that, it's also forced me, as a regular person, to not listen to podcasts mm. um, other than the ones that I originally listened Your faves. to. Other than my faves, like you know, we're the holy tr- our unholy trinity of. Obviously, talk NWO Ignite Agenda. Those are we're the Trinity. Mm-hmm. We're the Trinity, um, and then I listen to a few others, Abnormal, and all those all those other people. But um, it, it forces me to not listen to other podcasts because one, because I am a creator, because I do have a podcast. I don't want to infiltrate my mind with other thoughts. Other thoughts because I we have our own voice. We have a clear and concise voice of what we want. To hear, and I've heard some pretty good ones that have come out, and then there have been some not so great ones that have come out. But um, I mean, as a regular human being, if you feel like that's what you should do, then do it by all means. As a podcaster, I'm annoyed because I'm sick of seeing a new one popping up every fucking day, and it's tough. It's a lot, but um, I do think it's oversaturated. But oversaturation is subjective at some point because people will say. The makeup industry is oversaturated, yet it's still a billion dollar cor- It's still a billion dollar um, right. business. People will say porn is oversaturated again, still a billion dollar business. So I can't. So as far as oversaturation is concerned, it's subjective. That's true. Um, and I will say, um, just you know, be careful of what you're consuming. You know, they tell you be careful what you eat, but you got to be careful what you hear too, because not everything you hear is great for your mentality or great for your 
great for your sanity. So that's another reason why I kind of try to stay away from mm. listening to too many things. Because after a while, what is left to talk about? Like, we kind of all talk about the same thing. That's, that's what I was circling yeah, around Yeah, we kind of all talk about the same thing, but we just have different views on it. But well, there's so many different views. Like, how many different views can you have on one subject? That's my thing. It's like, one, let me say that people think, okay, I have an opinion. I'm going to start a podcast. And it's like, that's great for you. But if you don't have a direction mm. for the show, if you don't have a setup, if you don't have um, an audio, a particular audience in mind that you do want to reach. That you want to cater to. Or even cater to. Or even just your genre of whatever it is. Maybe you collect fucking coffee mugs and that's your shit. And you talk about a whole show about collecting coffee mugs and shit like that. Like that's your thing. Create your lane. Instead of creating another hot take show and this is what like what i've noticed right because honestly and i don't know little richard type shit i've seen or witnessed shows be created from my show so it's like i can see like for instance the ignitogen and they've said it a couple times or the nwo and they'll go and they'll go you know if it wasn't for urban suite or because i've been doing i wouldn't say urban suite but i have been doing my show since like 2013, 14, where it was on internet radio. Yeah. And when the podcasting took off, it kind of just did a transition. Transition. Yeah. Um, And we kind of figured it out as we went along, but it started off as an online radio show, which other people didn't have access to. So at the time, it was very intriguing to people to have these discussions, to have verbal discussions of things we talked about all the time. And not just on the timeline. But that was 2013 through, I would say, 15. Yeah. Now um, that podcasting has kind of exploded, and everybody loves podcasting, and I understand why. One, it helps work go by a lot faster. So fast. Or anything that you're preoccupied with, if you pop you know, a headphone in and pop on your favorite your podcast... And, or catch up on some episodes. That's like killing time. And it's entertaining. And I get it. You know what I'm saying? But I feel like there is a lot of work and effort and time and money that goes into podcasting. And that's the part people don't get. You think it's all good and dandy. I have a voice. I want to share it. That's cute. But you also need to have some form of direction and a plan because I will be honest with you. I have been in the thick of this show and wanted to just give up because it's not easy. It's not easy. Mm-hmm. Um, it's expensive. just handling. It's expensive. It's, it's you're, you're putting so much of your own money into you this, this passion because you have an idea for it. But if your idea is just to have another round table hot take of whatever the shade room got going on. You're going to fall off. And it's like, I know that we do it on this show, but that's why it's so important for me to get to topics by the end of the show because there are so many things that need to be said that aren't being said on podcasts. There are conversations that we absolutely should be having, and we're not. We're not. There are There are conversations that should be had about people feeling like, um, or having imposter syndrome, or feeling like... Um, you may be suicidal or feeling like you're not doing your best or feeling like you're depressed or feeling like you're the happiest. There are other conversations that need to be had. I'm feeling emotionally drained. Period. You could be fucking exhausted of everything and hate everything, including podcasts. But for whatever reason, you pop one in. It should be something that helps your day. It should definitely be this one. 
specifically. But it should you should be listening to something that challenges you, forces you to think, gives you a laugh. Gives you a hmm moment. A hmm moment. Or I don't agree. Or you're yelling out loud in your car talking back to the podcast. Those are podcasts that are effective and that make a difference. But I am noticing just an influx of just niggas everywhere with a podcast. They put a microphone and they they think they got something. And it's like there's a little bit more that is required. So while I do believe that it is oversaturated, I don't say... Um, I don't think it's overrated because I do think there are genre-specific podcasts that people do listen to. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that there is one I listen to about um, mythology, Greek mythology, because Dwee. Ooh, I know, I, I know, Dwee. Say that to me. Yeah, and um, I do have my own personal favorites, and sometimes it has nothing to do with whether I with the topics that we talk about on this show. Because I and like even though I also, yeah. Um, do the Love, Lust, and Badass Soul podcast, mm-hmm. which is amazing. I do that with um, Hayes, and he is great as well. And you gonna be a different bitch this week? No, that's funny. <laughs> I love it. Um, I'm glad other people experience what I experience. That's so funny. I'd be like, "What were you talking about?" Because I've been to forgot I changed my hair. But you just, I, I just strongly suggest people that if you do want to start a podcast, just to consider those things. Talk to people who are seriously into podcasting mm-hmm. and really get a good grasp of what it is because you're going to end up starting something and not finishing it. And you're going to feel I've like seen a failure. Quite a few start and not fit and are no longer. You're going to feel like a failure because you started this thing and you stopped it. But you need to be absolutely serious that you want this thing because I'm going to be honest with you. Like I said, I want to throw this shit away because it just gets too overwhelming. You got to be diligent and you have to understand that you are sharing, no matter what you're talking about, right? Having an opinion and having an authentic and genuine opinion you're sharing a lot of yourself and a lot of times you have to be vulnerable y'all hear me on the show all the time go off on time and be like bitch don't get in my business don't put me in this position Mara i don't want to talk I about that because i don't be caring uh, about that but unfortunately <laughs> as much as i don't like to put myself in these type of positions as much as i don't like to be vulnerable as much as i cringe behind the scenes when tanya gets all up in my business i understand that I'm not the only person that could be going through certain things. I'm right. not the only person who may have experienced certain things or who have experienced certain things. And our our journeys have been different. And we get people all the time who hit us up and be like, yo, when y'all talked about this shit, spoke to y'all were literally talking to me. And, you know, and again, people, people do listen. People do listen because people always want to know someone else's take on something. Everybody wants to know everyone else's opinion on certain things. And it doesn't necessarily mean that you agree with it, but it's always great to hear different perspectives on a lot of different things. Also, about those opinions and perspective, guys, okay. Because we hear the same shit on these soapboxes and everybody is like copy and paste. Everybody is like saying the exact same things. And you have to reach... Like, sometimes I know when you listen to the show and sometimes I straddle the fence more often than I don't because there's an understanding that I have on either situation. Yeah. And I take myself out of my own anger, out of my own whatever annoyance. You gotta take a step back. And consider it from another position Mm -hmm. and come back and figure out how I feel about it. 
that's what's important is taking that moment to do that not just oh that's what i saw somebody say on instagram oh okay i'm gonna say that too oh that's the what oh that's what you said in the comments of that okay well i'm gonna say this on the show like i see y'all and y'all not sneaky i see y'all using content from people's comments y'all ain't slick i'm on to you niggas i'm on to you but anywho we're gonna move forth um anyway subscribe to our podcast and comment and let us know how it is and rate and us rate. rate us on apple Podcasts, and that's how our show gonna rise to the top and still we fucking rise all right so <laughs> we're gonna skip over the second topic and just jump on to the third because time but um well, we know y'all got shit to do. marla kind of came to me with this topic and it is women ruining themselves financially to maintain a relationship so marla Hi. My Lulu. Why would you do that? In front oh! Of <laughs> like, that's the whole nickname. <laughs> Dang, I brought the little home nickname out to the forefront. A nigga forgot. It's all right. They, it's like, they ain't even hear they it. They ain't even hear it. Anyway. Um, so, I've been hearing, not just hearing, like, you know, a lot of my friends, a lot of people that I know come to me, was, as they do to Tanya, they come to us with a lot of, you know, conversations situations and they look for our advice and our take on certain things and something that i've been hearing a lot not even over the summer i would say it's been a continuous theme this year Mm. i've known people in relationships i've known friends of friends family of friends people have gotten into relationships and the men have basically left the home like people move in together they move in together and the man, let's say the relationship falls apart mm-hmm. or they have a situation to get into a fight. Man packs up his shit. He moves out. Woman is left with picking up the pieces, picking up the pieces, not only picking up the pieces emotionally, but financially in the household. Meaning now she has this rent to struggle with. Now she has these utilities to struggle with. She can't do it by herself. And it's been a constant reoccurring theme. And then on the flip side of that, these niggas go back to their mama house. We'll just, we'll just use their mama as an example. And they go live their best lives mm-hmm. after the relationship. But women are left in these positions. Now, I'm only going to speak as a woman because, hey, I have a vagina. But two, and it's not to say that the niggas are not wrong. Because they right. are. Right. But I want to focus on the woman aspect of this. Because, like I said, it's been a, it's been a reoccurring theme. And every time I hear it... It gets me upset because in a lot of these situations, the women are mothers. Mm-hmm. So you don't only have to pick yourself up. You got to pick up your babies. Not. More often than not, you got to pick up these babies. And my thing is, we have to be more careful. And when I say we, I mean as a collective. Because we've all done dumb shit in a relationship. Or in a situation Because that's, that's the word going around now. Nowadays. We've all done dumb shit for a man that we thought that we loved. Or a man that we wanted to be with and um when i was talking about it with tanya earlier tanya happened to mention it's a it's a form of settling to some degree right right we we have to be very careful about putting ourselves and our children in these very destructive situations um and i mean that in the sense of people like to say that they move in together oh let's save money and move in together if you don't move in together Make sure you could afford it on your own. The idea of be smart about mm-hmm. 
let's do let's economize right be smart about that be putting money away all your money don't have to go to bills if y'all move into a place make sure it's a place that you could afford on your own or if you're a guy he can afford on his own mm-hmm. because that way if one of y'all not necessarily move out but if one of y'all got to sit down for a little bit and you can't work then it doesn't dis- it doesn't disrupt your finances it doesn't disrupt your household right. and we have to like we talk about it a lot our parents taught us, we learned from our parents the art of survival. Mm-hmm. You know, we live in a paycheck, paycheck to paycheck. We learned the art of, okay, we got to keep the lights on, we got to keep food on, but nothing was getting saved, nothing was getting put away. Because our parents, especially if you have immigrant parents, all they were trying to do was survive. They were trying to get a better situation from what they came from. We have way more things at our advantage now from when our parents have. We have a whole lot more tools at our advantage now. So we need to be more smart. We need to be more intelligent with what we're doing as far as finances is concerned. And the biggest thing that break up relationships is finances. For sure. We like to act like it's cheating. Right it's not. next to infidelity. Right next to infidelity, but it's a gap because it's finances. Because people's credits is fucked up. Y'all not telling people. We're not having conversations with our partners about mm-hmm. finances. That's one of the things that people don't like to talk about. Nobody wants to talk about money. Nobody, whether you want to but keep it's it together, needed. but it's very needed because how you gonna move into a household with somebody you don't know what they bring home? Right. How you gonna move into a household with somebody you know what they pay? You don't know what their credit score is. How are you gonna? What is your plan? Do you have a four hundred one k? Do you have this? Do you have that? And I know some of you niggas is in the streets. Y'all ain't got no four hundred one k. But are you putting any type of money away? Are you putting anything away for a rainy day? As a woman, my mother always told me, always have your own situated back there somewhere with women like i said with the settling thing because it's not even about money because women got it right more often than not women have the money because a lot of time women have the education women have the positions and jobs we have the better jobs um more often than i'm not gonna say more often than not because i i can't verify the stats but i will say that women are dominating as far as in careers and education now it's out there the stats are now you're right being in positions where you're unable to, to care for yourself and your child is, to me, like child endangerment, right? I hate to say that seriously, it's a, no, but it's it like you're allowing this person, and, I, and I'm again, we're speaking, and, and I know how people may feel because they're parents, and you don't know unless you have kids. I don't have to literally have a child to understand certain concepts. So... If you're moving into a home with a man because you need this man to complete you or you love him or you, you want to be with him. You want that structure. You want to be with him. He knock your back out. Whatever the reason may be. Um, you, again, you've seen these red flags in this person. You've mm-hmm. seen them not manage their money well. You've seen them miss a p- piss their money away. You've and seen his cell phone get turned off and get turned on the next you've day. You've seen... All of these things happen and you don't really make any action. Or There are a lot of women who overcompensate, like I said, that black people do in general. Mm-hmm. There are women who overcompensate to keep that man. Yes, I will pay that phone bill. Yes, I will. Oh, your mama, such and such situation happened. Okay, you can borrow this money, but you got to give it back to me. And all of these situations that men will create to, I wouldn't say that. All men do this because this isn't... I'm not speaking for every man. Let me clear that up. But there are a lot of situations where women are living with men with their children. Yeah. Where that man has the ability to just get up and go. Like you said, just pack up his um, half Hennessy bottle... Um, them jeans he wear three times a week. I'm sorry, that's generous. Them jeans he wear like five times a week. Um, a couple of wife beaters, whatever. And he hightail it and he's out the door. Mm -hmm. And you are left... With Picking everything. up the pieces. Once again, 
And like you said, a man has an option to move other places or other things or he always bounces back. Has an option. And there are women that are struggling with putting their lives back together and um, fixing this life for their, their children because they don't want their children to have to suffer from their consequences or their decisions. Mm-hmm. And you allowing that man and overlooking certain things and coming out of pocket to pay for things. Like, I, unfortunately, I've known a few women who have been some paymasters, so to Girl. speak, who will willingly come right out of pocket when a nigga asks for it or wants it. Um, even if it's, I'm going to pay you back and I'm going to do this on some Jody type shit. Mm. And and you watch women have to kind of figure it out once she's dropped out of the air. You know what I'm saying? And it does put women in a precarious situation. And I feel like if women, like you said, are moving into homes or apartments or wherever you are living in um, with the assumption that I need to be able to take care of myself regardless of, of what happened, whether this person is here or not, whatever you're bringing this house is an addition. You can supplement this rent. Yes. You can supplement this light bill. Yes. But the fact that you take over in this bill and I won't be able to pay it by myself. That's not what you're doing. Yeah. You should be able to, especially when you have a child because you have someone that literally depends on it's you. depending on you. So I think in that case, there is an element, like I said, of women that settle for men, um, just to say they have a man, because like I said, the biggest slight you can tell a woman is that she can't keep or she can't get a man. And it shouldn't even be like that. Like, your value is only predicated on you having this nigga attached having to you. Keeping that nigga. So you have women who are willing to either be a paymaster, willing to let that nigga move in, willing to put whatever they want on the back burner so he can live his best life. With you, in your house, on your you. furniture that you got. And that then, you still paying. And then when things don't work out, you want to throw it back in his face. So I did this and I did this and if it man, wasn't for you. You ain't shit and I, I raised you up and I did it. But bitch, why would you do all of that? You know that song? She said, uh, Barbara, this is Shirley. Shirley, this is Barbara. And she, you see the clothes, the car that he driving? She dumb as hell. I paid for that. And I was like, bitch, you dumb even as, as a child, I was listening like, you know, this don't even sound like something I would do. <laughs> Fire to want to do. I pay the car. car I pay the note on that. But girl. But see, that's what I'm. That's that's exactly what I'm saying. And so he has an opportunity to move on with another woman that don't give a fuck because that he don't. He's living with his mom. She don't give a fuck if he's between jobs. She don't give a fuck because he's giving her attention. He's giving her good dick. He's giving her lies. It's that dick that keep getting y'all. And the thing is, we feel like if we don't be digmatized. Women feel like if we're doing all this stuff to take care of him if we're taking care of him then he will want to stay with us or he won't cheat and he won't do it. let me tell you something you could be the best woman ever on this planet you could be the epitome of the best woman on this planet and he's still gonna do whatever the fuck he want because it has absolutely nothing to fucking do with you girl it's the dictimization it's the dictimization we know the we, d we have all fallen victim <laughs> the d today I gotta look that up. Dick we have all fallen victim to that. Is that an urban but you dictionary? Have to be, but you have to be smart and we have to hold ourselves accountable. And we have to take responsibility for our roles in a lot of these situations that we're in. Right. Like, honestly, a lot of times I just literally be like, it's my fault. Yeah. Because something I have done have led me to you. Have led me to this situation. And I saw something, but I chose to bypass it. Because I wanted... 
Or the dick made me want you to look better. The dick made me want you to be better. Or I saw potential in you. Even though I saw no action Speak behind out. this potential. But I saw the potential and I saw what you could be. Showable. And I felt that I could elevate you and I could make hey. you change and I could make you better. And then once you got up there, I thought that you would recognize how wonderful I was, and we would ride off into the sunset. <laughs> Bitch, that shit don't happen in real life. I'm about to have the Holy Ghost in here. Listen, Bitch, it don't happen in real it's life. It's very, very real. But um, if you are that woman and you would like to tell us about your story so we can talk yes. trash about you, hit us up, Urban Sweet Talk Podcast at gmail.com. Um, you can hit me up personally at I am Queen T on the Twitter machine. Same thing on the Instagram. Don't be creepy. Again, I got to reorganize these pictures. Wait. So my page don't look bougetto. Ty and I are washed. Oh, yes. So, and again, shout out to DJ the Whiskey Chick, our wonderful friend who came on the show shout last week. Please go check out An Assertive Man is a Sexy Man because that was one of our best episodes. It's a great episode. One of my favorite girl talks that we've had. Um, And y'all are sexy, assertive men. Woo, Jesus. Anyway. <laughs> um, So Ty and I, Whiskey does a, a Wednesday night party. And Ty and I were like, you know, we're going to go to the party. We're going <laughs> to... Me after working 10 hours. I was like, yes. Tanya, I texted Tanya. I'm like, babe, we going out tonight. I think I texted you like a bunch of shit we were doing that week, right? Babe, we going out tonight. We finna get fly. We finna get cute. So here go my dumb ass. First of all, if you know me, I'm a very... I'm like Sunday morning, okay? Whatever you want to do, yes. Easy breezy. I'm easy breezy, nigga. Not in all things. Relax. Not like that, like that, like that. Relax. Depends. But no. um, Yeah, if you're like, yeah, you want to go? I'll be like, Sure. (laughs) How about this? No, it's fine too. Yeah. And then the bitch forgets. Until and I forget. the moment And then of. I go, oh, okay, so I'm going to get my shit together right so now. So I text Tanya. I'm home. You know, got my little makeup baking on my face or whatever. I'm mm-hmm. like, Tanya, we finna, I'm going to be around your house. I'm going to go. We're going to go. We're going to do this shit. She's mm-hmm. like, right, because I really forgot, but I'm going to get right. All right, cool. <laughs> so we get dressed. And Cute. if anybody knows me, once I make it to North Lauderdale, <laughs> I don't come back out. Mm-hmm. Once I make all the way to North Broward, I'm not coming back out. I'm done. I'm not coming out. But I told Whiskey we was coming. That's my girl. We finna go. And I want to go out. I'm in a good mood. Me and my girl ain't hang out in a while. We finna go. Got cute or whatever. Contour, nigga. Contour. Use my little Jackie Ina palette that cost me $48 or whatnot. And we got cute to go. I don't even know what I had on. But yeah. You you was showing Tommy. Was I? Yeah. You okay. Were. You was showing Tommy. So, and I was showing a little um, midriff or whatever because I saw my little shirt and okay. the bra was all hanging so out we and shit. Cute. We was cute. But then. But then. So, we stopped and got food. Okay. So, the, okay. <laughs> this shit made me laugh so hard when I thought about it because I was like, wow. I am that age where anything after 9.47 p.m. out Bruh. in public. Because, again, I could be up doing the absolute least um, to about 2 o'clock in the morning. In my house. Scrolling, watching shit on Netflix, on Hulu, Amazon Prime, whatever. But let me step foot out of this damn house. One pinky toe. Suddenly, I'm exhausted. Bruh. So, I noticed some yawns was coming in and I'm dabbing the corners of my eyes. <laughs> trying to make sure my makeup stay in place and my eyes don't look like bloodshot red because I'm sleepy. And we're riding around, and we ride by. I was like, "Oh, okay." The so, party not jumping yet because it was early. It was still it's early. It's not hype yet, so we just gonna go get some food or something. Some food. Got some food. Waited in the parking lot. Um, 
Somewhere in there, it was like, okay, listen, listen. This so, so, this, okay, so, oh, so, okay, so, plan B, plan B, plan B. This is what we go to. <laughs> we gonna ride by it again, okay? Or, no, no, we were gonna go somewhere else. Oh, yeah, we supposed to go we somewhere We said we're gonna go somewhere else first, that just to get out. ourselves hyped up, and then we finna come back. We went to the other place, but there was no parking, and we was like, fuck this shit, we gonna go back to the party. Guess what happened? <laughs> we went a sharp pivot happened, and I ended up home, and she ended up home, and I just was like, "Wow, bitches, this is our life. <laughs> is this is, is this who we are now? This is who we are, bro." Okay. We literally went home, and I was like, "Yo, I have been cracking up just I thinking got about." So it. We were so fucking cute, and I was like, "I'm gonna take my pictures." You know how everybody know how I feel. If I'm cute, I'm gonna take my couple pictures. And then I can sit my ass down, but this is definitely one of those Man, prices. I took pictures, but I ain't posting them because it's a new outfit and I'm finna wear it again. Um, um, even if you did see it, I'm gonna wear it again because I have a wash machine. So, thank God for that. Do you have final thoughts? Final thoughts. Ladies, I am sick to death of seeing these baby, what is it, baby shower pictures or um, mater- maternity pictures. Mm-hmm. I'm sick to death of seeing these maternity pictures where y'all are dressed up and super cute, dressed all trained out all the way to God knows where. And then you got this nigga in the picture with you with some jean shorts or a polo shirt. I'm going to need y'all to get y'all niggas on the court. If y'all going to be in these maternity pictures looking fancy, your nigga got to look fancy because these shits look ridiculous and stop posting these fucking pictures because I'm sick of seeing them. On the flip side of that, 6'4 Bearded Bay, please take care of your beard and make it soft. Because when it's soft, it gives me a soft place to sit. That's it. Well, I mean, on a lighter note of those maternity pictures, niggas don't deserve nothing but those jeans. So we'll start there because a nigga don't do nothing but add a fucking Burberry shirt for the baby shower and he is straight. So he don't need shit for that maternity picture. Um, I do have a quote. It is, who you are is defined by what you're willing to struggle for. That is by Mark Manson. Who is the uh, writer of the book, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck? Mm. Um, Check that out. Um, But again, guys, make sure that you rate, subscribe. And and show us some love, especially on the Facebook. Like our page. Hit us up. Urban Sweet Talk Podcast on the Twitter machine. Same thing on the Instagram. Don't be stupid. Don't be. Um, You know what's a scary place on Instagram? What? Requested messages. Bruh. Mm, the scary zone. The I, spooky I zone. I popped into mine the other day. Spooky. Shit, 2.30 in the morning. Oh, hey, how are you? Bitch, I'm asleep. What the fuck? They like, well, bitch, I'm up. And I'm looking at the your fuck? pictures. 2.30, bitch, I have, a, I have a career. Oh, speaking of Instagram, they did take away that activity tab. Shout out to them. Are you happy for that? Did you ever really pay attention to it? Because I never really did. I mean, every blue moon. That's how, that's how I found out this guy was... Um, Liking these pictures of this gay man's ass. Okay, well that's for a different show. That's how I had found that's for out. A different show. Um, we have been remiss. This month. <laughs> I had to put that out there for you. We have been remiss. It is the month of October. October is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Y'all know how I feel. I lost my aunt to breast cancer four five four years ago. Um, she battled breast cancer for basically majority of my life. I think by the time I was 12, she was first diagnosed. It went into remission for 17 years. It came back. She fought a little harder. And then, you know, she unfortunately lost her battle to breast cancer. So breast cancer awareness is a very big part of my life. It's a very big deal 
to me, not only to me personally, but um, to my friends as well. Ladies, it is very, very, very important. I can't even stress how important it is that you do self-checks. If you're afraid to touch your own boobs, have Bay do it. He up in that area anyway. That nigga just sucking titty. Yeah, I mean, if something does not feel right, please go to your doctor and get it checked because early detection is literally what can save your life in this situation. Marla's checking her titties right now. I'm checking my titties right now because Um, I realized I hadn't checked them today. And I touch on these every fucking day. It's also Hispanic Heritage Month, so ja, ja, ja. I wasn't going to care about that. I was going to go into it. It's also Domestic Violence Awareness Month as well. Keep in mind, not only women are victims of domestic violence, so are men. So, um... It is a pink and purple month. So, please, there are a lot of different walks happening. There are a lot of different... Um, charitable things happening. There's some charity parties happening. There's some, um, you know, charitable organizations collecting things. Y'all, again, detection, self-detection, early detection, it will fucking save your life. Um, if you know somebody who's in an abusive relationship, man, female, whatever, please help them to seek help because only they can get themselves out of those situations. Um, amen and amen. And then Halloween is coming and we got a bunch of shit. You gotta um, help me with my costume. It is. And also, um, if you hoes could try to, um, I don't know, blend your foundation with your neck so you stop looking so oh, ghoulish, Jesus. even though it is October, oh, we don't Lord. need no Friend. no ghosts this soon. Friend. It's too soon for ghosts. Friend. You ghostly hoes. Bye. See y'all next week. Bye. <laughs>